The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. State officials say Virginia is home to the highest percentage of women veterans per population of any state in the country. To recognize their service, Lieutenant Governor Winsome Earl Sears kicked off Virginia Women Veterans Week yesterday at the Virginia War Memorial. VPM News intern Megan McIntyre reports. A diverse crowd of more than 50 women veterans watched on as state officials and other guests honored their service to the nation. We women, we don't take a back seat to anybody, do we? Lieutenant Governor Winsome Earl Sears, who is a Marine veteran herself, highlighted the impact of the more than 109,000 women veterans living in Virginia. We carry the future. We are the ones that birth the men and the women who defend our country. Linda Bell St. Clair served in the Air Force for 21 years. She says it's reassuring to have a lieutenant governor who's seen what she's seen. We are often forgotten, but we have skills that some people never have. And like she said today, you don't try. Either do it or you don't. The veterans attending the ceremony received a special Virginia Women Veterans Lead the Way lapel pin as appreciation for their service. Megan McIntyre, VPM News. Yesterday, a state health panel revoked Virginia's workplace standards on preventing the spread of COVID-19. Patrick Larson has more. Although the official Virginia Department of Labor and Industry line is that the Commonwealth is on a path to normalcy, legal director Jay Withrow acknowledged the unpredictable nature of COVID-19. Just wanted to make sure the board was aware of the possibility that, you know, we could be going through another surge at some point. But the Safety and Health Codes Board says the disease as it is now doesn't meet the legal standard of posing a, quote, grave danger to workers. While the group struck down the state's workplace COVID-19 requirements, that doesn't mean all health and safety policies will go away. Employers in healthcare and other industries will still have to provide PPE and sanitized spaces. And any employer can still be held accountable for inadequate COVID protections under general state and federal workplace safety rules. The changes are set to take effect on Wednesday, March 23rd. Patrick Larson, VPM News. The U.S. Naming Commission has released 90 options to rename Fort Lee and eight other military bases originally named after Confederate leaders. Representative Donald McEachin has proposed Fort Lee be renamed after Lieutenant General Arthur Gregg, who made the shortlist. Gregg, a 35-year Army veteran, is one of the most highly decorated black military officers in U.S. history. If Fort Lee were renamed Fort Gregg, McEachin says it would be a, quote, incredible acknowledgement to the sacrifices men and women of color have made for generations in service to our nation. Yesterday was the first day back in person at First Baptist Church for William Fox Elementary students after a fire severely damaged their school last month. Second grade Spanish immersion teacher Gus Caldwell says it felt like the first day of school in some ways. Some of the same elements of, you know, finding your way around a new space and 
getting to know a new classroom, but also kind of a sense of reunion of all of us being back together. The church is prepared to host Fox students for the remainder of the school year. A spokesperson for Richmond Public Schools told VPM News it's possible they'll move to Clark Springs Elementary before summer break. The district says these students will definitely be at Clark Springs next year. An investigation into what caused the Fox fire was suspended by the city and fire department earlier this month until the building can be stabilized. Governor Glenn Youngkin has appointed a new commissioner to the Virginia Department of Elections. According to the Richmond Times-Dispatch, Susan Beals is a former Republican member of the Chesterfield Electoral Board. She's also previously worked as a legislative assistant to State Senator Amanda Chase. Beals replaces Chris Piper, who's had the job since January of 2018 and is known for operating in a nonpartisan fashion. Youngkin opted not to reappoint him to the position. Piper's last day was March 11th. Andrea McClellan, who previously ran to be the Democratic nominee for lieutenant governor, says she's campaigning for Norfolk's newly created state Senate seat. Ryan Murphy from partner station WHRO has more. The new 21st Senate district includes most of the city of Norfolk. The city was previously divided between two districts with representatives from Chesapeake and the Eastern Shore. Redistricting created a new district with no incumbent. McClellan says this is an opportunity for a Norfolk-based senator to push for solutions to Norfolk's problems. Flooding absolutely does not get enough attention in the General Assembly. I'm very frustrated with the lack of resources that we've seen from the state level, the lack of legislation. McClellan served on the Norfolk City Council since 2016. She unsuccessfully sought the Democratic nomination for lieutenant governor last year. The first election for the new Senate district won't happen until 2023. According to the Virginia Public Access Project, the 21st district will lean heavily Democratic. That means whoever wins the Democratic nomination will likely be the district's first state senator. That was Ryan Murphy reporting. This is the last week the Arthur Ashe Jr. Athletic Center in Richmond will be offering COVID-19 vaccinations. The Community Vaccination Center will hold its last clinic on Friday. Local health officials say demand for the vaccine has been low for the past few months, which led to their decision to close the site. Vaccination events will be held in smaller settings in the future. Nearly 26,000 doses have been given altogether at both the Arthur Ashe and former Richmond Raceway clinics. To find a walk-up event or to schedule an appointment, head to vax.rchd.com or call 804-205-3501. The new podcast, Verified, The Next Threat, uncovers an international network of white supremacists who are recruiting for a new transnational holy war. Mark Greenblatt is an investigative reporter for the Scripps News Bureau. Whitney Evans spoke with him about how this project began. You know, we really got started looking at this on the day of January 6th uh, when I spotted in the crowd not only extremists, but a subset of extremists, the true-blooded Nazi types that were wearing shirts, things like uh, glorifying Auschwitz and uh, people carrying swastika flags. And I, I wanted to just know what, what, what was really happening here? How did these kinds of people get inside the United States Capitol? And, and so thus began a journey of, of, of really unpacking and discovering. It, it's not just the local corner store uh, Nazi white supremacist types that are out there. They actually have global connections. How do you navigate exploring their processes and their goals without giving them a platform? You know, we had a lot of conversation about this. 
and the answer inevitably is there's two different kinds of reporting on white supremacists. One is that you would simply amplify their message. If they go into the middle of town and say something vile and hateful and you're there with a recorder and then you broadcast that out, you're simply giving a megaphone in that case to white nationalists and white supremacists. What we're doing is serious investigative reporting that is not only understanding what what truly are new movements that are forming right now these are these are things that even top federal officials that we encountered in this podcast did not know about we're revealing real networks that are forming right now this is really shedding a new light on uh on on on, on a new chapter of white supremacy a globally connected networked chapter that is a rising threat to the united states so what are some of the global connections between white supremacist groups that you've been able to uh, piece together throughout your reporting? We end up speaking to a designated terrorist in Russia by the name of Stanislav Vorobiev. He's the leader of a terrorist organization called the Russian Imperial Movement. And it was just shortly after, in fact, what happened in, in Charlottesville, that this organization in Russia made connections with uh, an American white supremacist named Matthew Heimbach, uh, who was a key promoter of the Charlottesville rally. And this organization has launched what is called the Last Crusade. They call it this. And it is a movement that is attempting to unite the world's white nationalists to come together uh, and, and, and to help foment a new rise of, in particular, Christian white nationalism. In the podcast, you speak to uh, top counterterrorism officials, uh, one of whom is Irfan Said, about how serious these threats of racially motivated extremism are right now. From the State Department's perspective, we're at the water's edge out. And so for us, we're looking at how racially and ethnically motivated violent extremists are metastasizing around the world. And we are definitely seeing an absolute uptick on that. So this is the first time that the Counterterrorism Bureau of the State Department has ever given an interview to a podcast. And it was one of the first times that they've ever uh, given a, a recorded interview to a reporter at, at their headquarters in, in the last few years. And effectively, what it comes down to is that the, the State Department has its eye on foreign rising threats all around the world. And their job is to actually designate the top threats uh, as terrorist organizations, uh, taking their money away, taking their ability to travel away and, and stopping their ability or at least curbing their ability to attack the United States. So we brought all of what we had found uh, to the State Department and they talk in detail in our final episode uh, about how difficult it is for them uh, to actually combat this threat and to stop them be because until they pick up a gun or actually pick up a bomb, uh, the way the laws are written in the United States, the federal government can't, can't actually designate these organizations. You mentioned Russian ties to U.S. white nationalists. Um, has extremist activity changed at all as a result of Russia's war on Ukraine? After the invasion, after Russia invaded Ukraine, there has been a real uh, uptick in uh, chatter among white supremacists, among the ultra far right. And what's essentially happened, Whitney, is that uh, is that white supremacists, white nationalists have split into camps, either pro-Russia or 
pro-Ukraine. Uh, and they've very much radicalized because things, the emotions are running very high right now. And so they're, they're very, they're, they're very, very pro-Russia or they're very, very pro-Ukraine. Some are actually uh, picking up guns <laughs> and, and, and going and fighting on one side or another. And so um, what experts that we talk to are worried about is that, is that these emotions that are running high uh, throughout much of the world that we hear about uh, broadcast on television every night on your show, um, they're also running high in these darker corners of the far right. And that those emotions are also running high here in America and that the threat level might actually be even higher uh, as as the conflict plays out in, in Europe. That was Mark Greenblatt, an investigative reporter for the Scripps News Bureau, speaking with VPM News legal reporter Whitney Evans about the new podcast, Verified, The Next Threat. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org slash news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. There are so many issues playing out in RVA. I mean, pretty much anyone will tell you. There's definitely a lot of poverty. Finding affordable housing. Traffic, public transportation. Climate change and heat islands. Trying to find childcare in Richmond area. I'm Rich Marr, host of a new VPM podcast called RVA's Got Issues. Listen to the podcast starting May 22nd. Do you have issues with RVA? Haven't found out yet. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) 